Are you assessing yourself before you write your programs? If you're not, then you're only guessing. This is a really important concept to understand because if you get this wrong, you're really just basically randomly choosing exercises to put in your programs and that is not gonna get you where you wanna go. What's up everyone? My name's Yanni Bormeister. To my left, I got the legend, none other than Phil White, switched on physio. Across the table, it's rad as usual. And behind the mixer, we got Richie. We are Unity Gym and the Unify Movement System. Remember, if you guys wanna know how we turn driven people into athletes, download our blueprints. Everything we learn, all of the best secrets, we keep it to the 10 commandments. It's all in there in the description if you're watching the replay or on our website. Guys, what's up? We got a big discussion today. This is a passion project of mine, um, physical assessments. I'm just yeah. sad we didn't call the episode uh, Assess Yourself Before You, before you Wreck Yourself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. I thought you, that was about to come out when you were um, doing your intro there. <laughs> well, well there. a real missed, missed opportunity. Sorry. Um, I'm, just, I'm just telling Phil I'm afraid I'm going to knock his coffee onto his I laptop. I am also afraid. Yeah, yeah. yeah look, it's, uh, it's an important one. And it's one of those things that I remember being a juvenile personal trainer when I would, you know, I'd been in the industry for about two years or so. And... Um, Donald Carr was teaching his workshop and that was I think that's where we got that tagline if you're not assessing you're guessing because yep. he was saying that yeah, and I tried, felt yeah. like uh, crap because I had no idea how to assess people and it just made me realize how much I was guessing and I was charging people you know top dollar for personal training um, and that's what you do when you're a young personal trainer you kind of fake it till you make it but I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go the other way first before we dive into this conversation because I 100% agree with you and I went real deep on this and uh, I think this is the biggest problem that our industry faces with a lot of trainers who overassess and we had another um, really insightful memorable comment from one of our other mentors Tony Bataji who you know I I went like after spending some time with Paul Check and uh, Donald Carr and those guys. I created this insane assessment um, system that, oh, was that literally because... took, I think it took three to six hours to fully assess someone, you know, and that was based on the, uh, the you know, the criterion that I'd learned from Paul Check about assessing lifestyle and bowel movements and all sorts of stuff, you know. And then I took that and I was so proud of it. I was so proud of this system that I'd created and it was like a little logbook that the trainers would use and they'd take their clients through this process in the first week. They'd see them sort of six times or five times or something, can't remember exactly. And then I took that to Tony Bataji and he just laughed at me and he looked at it and said, what do you do with all this shit? Like, what do you, what's the point of assessing something if you're not actually going to use it to change something in their life? If you, if you can't actually, you know, specifically, tangibly alter that um, piece of data that you're assessing, then why are you gathering it? What's the point? Yeah, that was a big point in, in physio. Obviously, so much of physio is diagnosis and, and, and assessment. And uh, that was one of the big things they really pushed us like don't just fall into the trap of just testing everything because you can, like, you really need to have a reason why you're looking for something and then that's got to be related to something that you can change positively. Yeah, so. like you have to be able to change it. And and that's what I love about our um, assessment criterium now, the way we teach it in the UMS. Criterium? I yeah. think it's criteria. Criteria, whatever. Well, uh, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> after plural, plural of criteria. Criterium. Yeah, yeah uh, there you go. Right. I'm going to look it up. 
<laughs> you, keep, you keep going. I'll, I'll. Yeah. Uh, the the way we teach it now is 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 direct. It like it's completely linked to how you're going to work out for the following um, period, and it's all. Um, uh, I'm, I'm mostly specifically talking about the physical assessment um, process that we take people through, and we're going to reveal that today. We're going to go into detail about the the areas that we assess, how we do it, and how we make it so efficient that it doesn't affect your program and your training, you know? Well, I want to talk quickly about the problem that we've identified for today's show. And to, in all honesty, this entire week's theme, which the theme of this week is, you know, that the three critical foundation principles, motivation, movement, and nutrition, uh, to assess your strength and flexibility regularly to build your ideal program. Uh, when training, uh, be flexible and process focused rather than goal focused, and how to build your program and then add skill masterclasses or rehabilitation. So that's the theme of this week. And it all really comes from the problem that we're that we're going to be driving home today, which is people try to do too much. Beyond yep. anything, the single most important thing to, is to get a program that overcomes your weak links. That's yep. that's the most important thing to do, and that looks different for everybody um, because everybody has different weak links. Like we've got a member who's one of our most enthusiastic members who's been with us for almost a year now, Mark, who not only does Monday to Friday but he comes and trains with me on Saturdays, and he is a strong dude, man. Like he busts out sets of um, of eight pronated wide grip pull-ups where he probably gets about four chest to bar and then four mid neck to bar like that's some serious strength and he's got good lower body strength as well but his flexibility is woeful yeah. like at a very very low level and he asked me the other day he said can I do more flexibility is that something that I can do and I said you can but it comes at the cost of strength development like the way that you can do you do your program is you can do less strength and just focus on maintaining what you've already got you won't build more but double down on flexibility and that's something that is individual to him and somebody else in the class said can I do that and I looked at him and said no you can't because you don't have an imbalance of strength and flexibility you're weak and you lack flexibility so you need to build both up but because I because I'm a trainer and I assess these guys in the class it's my job to do that but if you're if you don't have a trainer like Yanni Phil me or Richard you need to be doing this yourself you need to yeah. be assessing yourself and then figuring out what it is that you need yeah a hundred percent well the, 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 the thing is that people tend to what um, and I know this like by personal experience and I've also hung around gyms now for almost three decades uh, it <laughs> people especially men tend to do what they do best most you know, so if you're you've got strong biceps, you, you see the guys with strong bi big guns. They're in the gym doing bicep curls three days a week. Mm -hmm. You know, because they you you gravitate to what you're most comfortable with and what you do best, and that in and of itself um, exacerbates any structural imbalances that you might have. You know, for me when I was first starting out at the gym, I, I, I teamed up with a good buddy of mine who knew only a, a bee's dick more than I did, and which is, One you know, <laughs> very, very small amount. And, uh, and all we did was chest buys and lats, you know, and little did I know that in, in, in uh, um, that, uh, in conjunction with my boxing, I was boxing, you know, anywhere from 15 to 30 hours a week, uh, was 
extremely effective at internally rotating my and protracting my shoulders, you know, <laughs> and that um, created a, a really bad structural imbalance between, you know, the muscles that you can see in the mirror that, that sort of pull your shoulders forward and internally rotated to the muscles that you can't see on your back that help to sort of align everything and, and keep your scapula sitting in the right place on your rib cage, you know, and, um, that's one of the big problems. People, people, if you're not assessing, then you tend to be doing the wrong things by nature, mm. you know, and uh, and that yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a real problem. Like it's you know you, we get we get real um, tunnel vision in, in Unity Gym because we do this so well and effectively. But every once in a while, every so often, I get to go and present or um, go to a big uh, different gym and knocks me over how bad this still is we sort of think oh well if we're doing it everyone's assessing and writing really great programs that focus on balance and technique and you know um skill development but then you go into a big mainstream gym and you still see the buffets in the mirror just pumping jacking up the anterior portion of their bodies and oh but before yeah. we even go into that i really want to make sure that we don't skip over this um because this really was what inspired us to do this entire week, which is um, people are trying to do too much. And beyond anything, the single most important thing is to get a program that helps you to overcome your weak links. And what we're seeing more and more in the UMS Movement Mastermind is we're getting questions from people that are saying, how do I fit the 18 minute stretching routine, the loaded stretching routine and the mobility masterclass into my week of training? I'm thinking of doing one in the morning and then one at lunchtime and then on the off day doing this and then on the other day doing that. And it's not the way you're meant to use these programs. What you're meant to do is to, once you've created your goals, you assess yourself and figure out what is the program that's gonna give you the biggest wins to bring you closer towards your goals. And then you, you, you double down on that because you don't get enough volume on anything if you try and do a little bit of everything. And that's a really big thing. And then if we bring it back into what we wanna talk about today is, before all of that, you even have to assess your weak links. Yeah, and I, I just want to like really um, talk about with that that goal thing is so important because um, you know you don't want to turn up to the gym really excited to you know develop one thing and then be told oh no you're not allowed to do that until you've done X like to to stay that kind of engaged and excited about your training like I think you really do need to fit your training in with your goals so like I think I think it's just such a key part of your goal setting is then deciding what you need to assess and what you need to develop. So um, yeah, they, t they have to be like directly related. Otherwise um, you're going to have a shit time. Yeah. And I think that's the job of the trainer or the programmer to get people to understand the connection between how the body functions and how that's going to contribute to them achieving their goal. Because you, you know, to give you an example, uh, if, if someone has a, uh, a you know, let, and I know I know that you like your your running and your your cycling and things like that. So I'm going to use a really crazy example here that would have no relation to me or what we do. But let's say someone wants to run um, a, a distance run and they have a really instable um, uh, hip or something like that from an old injury or whatever, and it's affecting their they're getting knee pain or something like that. You know, my approach would be to 
educate them on how if we build strength and stability in their hips, uh, it's going to help them overcome, and their ankle, it's going to help them overcome that knee pain so that they're not gonna have to strap the crap out of their knee to get through that race. So let's address that first, and then let's get back onto the path of, of running, you know, of, of training for running. Um, and, and I think that that's the, the important part here. Like, yes, your goal is to, to do that race, but you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have situations where uh, another example would be someone just on that example i'd also add in like there's i, I like to do think i ideally do things concurrently so i still think that you know while you're developing that strength that's there's still a really good opportunity there to start working on uh exposing your body to impact forces exposing your body to good running technique because everything technique takes time to develop so ideally you'd also be working with someone who is um you know d good with their running and running yeah. assessment as yeah. well and then working to build those things absolutely so. yeah absolutely i'm not suggesting you completely stop yeah. running um another example that i've had personally is to develop a really heavy strong bench press and uh i sort of prioritized doing bench press um, four days a week. I did different types of pressing movements. There was some dumbbell pressing, there was some flat incline, there was uh, flat and incline barbell pressing. So it was never the same thing every day, but it was all pressing movements, pressing movements, pressing movements. And I didn't do as much of the opposing um, antagonist movement. Um, and I also sort of neglected the um, uh, <coughs> movements that helped to sort of combat the external, like to strengthen the external rotators. So I ended up, um, all of that pressing altered my um, shoulder position, altered my posture. And then when I went out and tried to do a movement that I could do really easy um, prior to doing all that pressing, which was a human flag, a calisthenics movement, I tore a muscle in my rotator cuff because my shoulders, you know, just weren't functioning the way they used to. They weren't really, they were very strong in pressing, but they weren't stable in uh, the, the position that I wanted to put them in for that um, flag anymore, you know? So yeah, it's system thinking, like you've you've changed one part of the system and then the rest of the system's gonna be impacted. That's exactly so right, that's what yeah. assessment's all about, is figuring out if the system is, you know, balanced and if not then how do we get it there yeah that's exactly right and in most of the time well this is not my opinion in the the a lot of the research um, if you keep your body in this anatomical structural balance state you perform better in pretty much everything mm -hmm. you know you there is a need for this <laughs> structural balance uh, for injury re um, um, reduction uh, or mitigation and for performance you know um, I mean, I, even the best bench presses that I know, they work on the opposing muscle groups to keep the, uh, some level of balance there. They don't just do bench press. That's not how you get really good at bench press. That's how you create vulnerability, you know? And so there is a real need for this level of assessment and this concept of balance. Yeah, that, I mean, I think it's, there's an essential need for it. It's, um, I mean, it's one of the <clears throat> it's one of the keys to the success that we've had with ourselves and with our members online and in the gym is the way that we we do go through this process. People are getting the best results that they've had in decades um, from this process of assessment and identifying um, you know the weak links in their body and and then working to fix them. And it's nothing new it's it's this stuff's been around for a while and it's something that we've 
um, you know, stolen and adapted into our program. We didn't create it ourselves, and that's a good thing. That's not. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm saying that as a strength because we haven't tried to reinvent the wheel. We've taken what has been researched by people that have got. You know, that's what their careers are. They they analyze athletes and they figure out what kind of ratios people should have in a body that performs really, really well. Um, and then we've taken that and incorporated it into the UMS. And there are ratios that, you know, the shoulder press should be in relation to the bench press, that the, the bent over row should be in relation to the bench press, that the pull up should be in relation, you know, that the front squat should be in relation to the back squat, that you, you that your external rotation should be in relation to the bench press. All these things should be within a certain balance. And um, there's a lot to it. Uh, but it's it works, you know. It uh, it delivers results, and when you start going deeper into that stuff, you and you start to understand, like, whoa, this is so weak compared to what it should be compared to the bench. And I've never even done it before, so why would it be stronger? Like we get a lot, we get a lot of people doing that. People coming in here saying that they've got shoulder pain, but they can do a hundred kilo bench, and then they do a trap three raise. And they can only do uh, one kilo, you yeah. know. And in that example, they should be able to do twelve kilos um, to be balanced. And so we get them to do trap three rows twice a week for, um, you know, three months, and all of a sudden their shoulder pain goes. Yeah, uh, they're not in pain. So anymore. should we start talking about how to do it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Very before quickly we do, before yeah. we do, yeah, let's just give a shout out to Vinnie Brown, who's got on the uh, live podcast can I, can recording. I answer, can I answer this one? Uh, and Craig Jenkins. And Vinnie's yeah. excited to catch one live. <coughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. That's right. Vinnie, Vinnie, Vinnie's saying with a program like the Mobility Master Masterclass, which can take 90 minutes to get through. Does it make sense to do shorter versions of strength workouts? Thinking about doing straight arms, cap through exercises like we did on Wednesdays in the at-home workouts. Vinny, I want to answer this for you on Friday because Friday's topic is how to build your program and then add additional masterclasses yep. to it. That's what the entire um, show on Friday is going to be yep. about. So I'm going to go deep into how you add the mobility masterclass into your workouts. Yeah, and I want to drop a little um, a little knowledge bomb and uh, a little teaser. All of the masterclasses, all skills training, whether it be specific to flexibility or mobility or specific to developing a movement skill, a calisthenics, gymnastics, or uh, uh, powerlifting, any specialization is added to an existing balanced program. Yep. It's not something that you do first. Yep. Your first goal is always to build a base foundation of strength and flexibility. And that, it doesn't matter who I've been to, no matter what world-renowned coach, uh, they will do the same thing. And your first goal is to get strong and flexible, strong and, and mobile. And we've worked with some, uh, some world-class hand balancing coaches, people that specialize in hand balancing, and they've said to us, that they biggest regret biggest regret is yep. that they didn't do a structurally balanced training program and they only did and they've and people yep. that are now getting cortisone injections in their shoulders because of re, um repetitive strain injuries that are coming from an imbalance in the body yep. uh, and then and that's forgetting even the lower body like these are people that have got legs like twigs because they do and, and they don't even use their legs but if they tried to use them um in in something like football or anything like that they'd be in real trouble yeah um so Absolutely. yeah it's a it really does work um so yeah so what we're going to talk about how we do structural balance testing yeah well let's just talk it? about the three big elements of our uh our uh, assessment protocol um uh strength and flexibility agonist antagonist structural balance 
and um, uh, symmetry, symmetry left testing right. left to right yep. side yep. and just explain how we do it yep. so that people who aren't part of the UMS online coaching program can take something away and yep. go, okay, I can put this together, you know? Yep. So, well, the first thing is that there's, um, that we didn't make this up. I'll say that again. It's come from- <laughs> It's been it's, borrowed it's, and adapted. It's, it's been borrowed and adapted from, um, from people that, basically where it came from is um, a friend of ours, Tony Bataji, who is a PhD um, holder uh, and reads, he boasts that he reads about 20 peer reviewed research papers a week and he's been doing that for over a decade. So this guy has a lot of objective information. He's a, he, and that's what his whole marketing message is. His marketing message is objective, um, uh, evidence-based evidence -based information is what he gives you. So what he did was he came up with this uh, structural balance testing based on looking at uh, the data from lots and lots and lots of different research papers where they analyzed what um, the balance, uh, what optimal balance is in athletes in different sports. Um, and then he came up with this strength testing protocol and then it's been taught to hundreds, probably thousands of personal well, his, trainers. His now version was an adaptation of another one yep. and that was an adaptation of another yep. one and that was an adaptation of another one. Yep. And it's the only the only variables <coughs> that, and I've looked at all of them because I've, I've worked on, Charles Poliquin had a great adaptation that Tony Bataji sort of used a little bit too. Um, and. The, the only things that seem to change much are when you're conditioning a, an athlete for a specific sport. And the examples that Charles gave us when we were doing his um, 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 Poliquin uh, 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 certification was that the PICP courses were that if you're training a rower, then the pull-up will go up a little bit uh, in comparison to the pressing movements. If you're training a, an elite bobs, um, like bobsledder, then the front squat will go up in relation to the back squat because yeah. they're pushing a sled. And that's one of the key parts of a sled mm -hmm. is that explosive push at the very start. The start is everything. Mm -hmm. And so there's a the, the few variables that, you, that, that, that seem to change in these assessments only dependent on whether you're training an elite level athlete who has a very specific role, yep. you know, and then it might change. But for us, we've adapted it to um, everyday athletes, uh, people who want to function in any environment that they're put in. If they want to go play a game of footy on the weekend, then they want to be able to function in that. If they want to throw a cricket ball or a baseball, they want to be able to function in that. Mm -hmm. If they want to go for a swim, they want to be able to swim fast. Uh, if they want to go for a run, they want to be able to run. If they want to go to the gym and squat with their mates, they want to be able to squat well, you know. So uh, if they want to do calisthenics, then they want to be strong and stable yep. and flexible. So that's what we've adapted it to, yep. you know. So the way we do it, the first thing we do is that we, we work on 6RM, which means uh, you're lifting a weight in, uh, that is uh, your six repetition max, which means you couldn't do seven reps if someone held a gun to your head. And there's a good reason why we do that. Uh, much above 6RM, you're not really testing maximal strength. You're testing, you're coming more into endurance training. Um, and much less than 6RM starts to become a little bit dangerous for the average person. As soon as you go down to five and definitely below five, the, the weight that you have to lift is, is, it can be quite dangerous for people. So six reps is, a, is a, the number that we like to use. Particularly if you're training at home, you don't have people to spot you. And yeah, exactly. So for exactly. those doing online training, if you... Exactly. Yeah. We, used used to do th we used to do three rep max, but doing a three rep max bench press without a spotter is very dangerous. 
very, very dangerous. Uh, if, if you're somebody that's well, not, not really just that, it's if you know how to dump a bar, it's okay. But it's you got to be a, bar, a, a bench press. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Well, look, any doing any assessment without a spotter on a bench press is is going to be tricky. You of know? course, but because you are meant to go until the almost point of failure of or course, failure. Yeah, you know, course. so. But when you're doing six rep max, you know the difference between five and six is far less than the difference between two and yeah. three, right? Yep. So yeah. that's the first thing we do. The next thing we do is we test the flat bench press and the barbell back squat, and you test and retest and retest and retest until you figure out what your six rep max is. Sometimes it takes people four or five sets to do because it, you until you do it a few times, you. A lot of people have no idea what they're doing. They don't know if they're going to be doing 40 kilos or 80 kilos for their bench, or maybe that's a, a little bit of an exaggeration, but they don't know if they're going to be doing 70 or 85 kilos for their bench. So they'll do it and they think, oh, well, I, I could have done eight or nine then. So you've got to stop, wait four minutes, retest again. Once you find your true 6RM, so we know, okay, I can do 82 and 82 kilos for my bench press and you know 98 kilos for my back squat or whatever it is. Then all of the other 13 lifts that we do, and we do the, uh, the front squat, the split squat, the step up, the deadlift, the um, trap three raise, external rotation, overhead shoulder press, behind the head shoulder press, so both seated, um, flat dumbbell bench press, dumbbell bent, single arm bent over row, and barbell bent over row. All of those lifts, are they have a calculation of what they should be in relation to the bench press if it's an upper body lift and in relation to the back squat if it's a lower body lift. Just um, really love that, but just talking on uh, when you're doing the testing about what counts as a as a good rep and what counts as a yeah, failed rep, yeah. I think it's just an important thing to... 100%, and that's in re relation to what yeah. Craig Jenkins has said here. He says, good advice. I found the lower reps very difficult to hold good form on. Here's the thing. If you're experienced enough and you're skilled enough, it doesn't matter what the rep range, you know that a, a break in form is a failed rep. Yeah, that's right. And so there shouldn't be any unclean reps in a, in a test. Yeah, you know? a, lot of, a lot of people misunderstand the way that you do it because the idea is it, 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 it's not that it's hard, Craig, it's that you choose the right weight. So if it's hard for you to maintain the good technique and the good tempo, you've gone too heavy. And when you do your bench press and your back squat, that shouldn't happen because you're, you're working out what is my true 6RM. So if you can't do six reps with good technique and good tempo, the weight's too heavy and you've got to reduce the weight and do it with good technique and good yeah, tempo. The one thing I re really want to point out, a, a, a physical assessment week is not a powerlifting comp. Yeah. Powerlifting comp or a Olympic lifting comp is get the bar up at all costs meeting the criterion of the, yeah. of, of the, uh, of the competition. Uh, and it, it, that is not what your physical assessment is all about. You know, your physical assessment is about testing <laughs> your body for weaknesses. It's about exposing yep. imbalances and weaknesses so you know what to work on next. That is In a excellent point, but I've just got excited because you said criterium again. And it's I know, got <laughs> I know. So criteria <laughs> is plural of criterion and criterium, which you're saying is a type of bike race. Okay. So. <laughs> so. Okay, cool. Yeah. We got that straight. So on my, on, well, back to my point, um, we, it's very important that you guys understand this. This is not a competition where you are to lift as much weight as humanly possible, as yep. long as you get three white lights. Yep. Okay. It is about looking, searching for your next project. Yep. on your body. It is about trying to find the 
area in your body that you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck for the next program phase, which is, and, and, and this is the thing I love about um, the system that we use. It's you versus you. It's about creating your perfect version of yourself. Always, every yep. program, unless you're training for a specific sport, and then we'll make it a little bit different for you yep. because you might need certain, you, you might need to hit certain criteria yep. for your sport. Yeah, the goal okay. is to uncover your, your weak links. The goal is not to just lift as much weight as you can. And the goal is definitely not to just see that your lifts go up every time you retest this. That is not what you're trying to find here. So. The first thing to understand is it's critical that you get your true 6RM with the way we do it is a 3010 tempo, meaning three second eccentric, zero second pause, one second uh, concentric, zero second pause. So it's a very, very specific tempo. Um, and it, you, if you can't maintain that three second eccentric for six reps, it's Pop too much weight. On for it to yeah, put the metronome on to yeah. keep yourself yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. And, and put and, the metronome on and, yeah. and film yourself. Yeah. And if you need to take a break between reps, that's a fail immediately. That, yeah. That's the end of your test. And if you didn't get your six reps, it's yeah, a fail. Like you should change it to, instead of like 6RM, it should be like 6RMA. Uh, G F like six RM make good form because like I think <laughs> being like like six R like rep max really makes people think like okay yeah. I've got to just like yeah. powerlifting come I love that analogy well, there like but yeah it's a totally different mindset for this testing yeah it yeah, is and then right. and and the next thing to understand is and this this is where people really stuff this up this is uh, you must understand this you get your true six RM for the bench press the fat the flat bench and the barbell back squat. And then everything else is a percentage of that. And I'll give you an example. I'll just give you one example. The front squat is 85% of what the back squat is. So what that means is if you've got 100 kilos for six reps on the back squat, then your front squat is 85 kilos. There's no let's figure out how much weight I can do six reps on the front squat for. Your test for the front squat is 85 kilos and we see how many reps you can do for that weight with the perfect tempo. Now, and this technique. is and technique, which which means that in 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 Vinny's example, saying, oh, you know, I find it really hard to maintain good technique with. If you go and grab that weight for the front squat and you can barely do one rep, that's your test. You don't go, okay, let's bring it back down to seventy and I'll and I'll try and get uh, a few reps out. Now, no, no, now, no. Just to clarify here what Rad's saying, there's still a warm-up protocol. Of course. You don't just dive under 85 kilos and hope that you can get your, uh, your six course. reps out. But, uh, um, you know, the, and that's a d totally different discussion that we, we won't go into today, the warm-up protocol. If you want to hear that, you can comment and we'll, we'll share it with you. But, yeah, what Rad's trying to say is it's a very efficient way of assessing. It's a go-no-go. -no -go. It's a pass or fail. You know, you can either do the reps on the um, on the opposing um, uh, movement. Yeah, and it's really important not. that we say this because I think that this actually, when we did that video, Yanni, for the testing week, we actually didn't explain this properly for the external rotation and the trap three raise, and there's been some confusion. Some people are, I think, in the video, the way we explain it, it makes people think that you do try and find the weight that you can do your six RM for those two lifts, but it's not. The idea is that the only the only two lifts that you do that you figure out your true six RM is the is the back squat and the bench press and everything else is a calculation of those a percentage and then you figure out how many reps you can do and the way that we figure out unilateral imbalance is that you Symmetry. do as many reps as yeah you do as many reps as you can on each side 
with the correct technique, which means that when you do your external rotation, if you can only do two reps on the left, but you can do eight reps on the right, you do that, and then you record those results, and then you know I've got an, a, an imbalance issue. A Sometime, symmetry imbalance. Sometimes we see people when they're doing their flat bench, that they'll, they'll go for, sorry, the flat dumbbell chest press, they'll get like three reps on the left side, and then they'll stop on the left side and they'll keep going to get eight reps on the right. And, and that's what we want. We want that data. Yeah. You don't stop when you get to three reps. You stop with the left side and you push with the right side until you get as many reps as you can. And that shows us that you have a unilateral imbalance, a symmetry imbalance. So you need to prioritize dumbbell chest pressing and dumbbell rowing and dumbbell shoulder pressing for a few cycles to, yeah. to work that out. Yeah, and we have the same protocols for your flexibility tests. Uh, we, we test left to right side and we have a formula for the joint mobility that we want to see. And that joint, that, that formula is really um, based around being able to do functional movement patterns without restriction. Um, squatting, uh, we use an overhead squat test to test uh, mobility in the upper and lower body. We use uh, a couple of com confirmation tests for that, a hamstring test, a hip flexor test. We use a modified Apley scratch test for the shoulders. Apley's, yeah, Apley's, Apley, yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, and we're testing both range of movement and mobility there, but we're also testing symmetry from left to right side as well. And, uh, and that's how we do it. That's, that's the formula. And we do that in the UMS every six week mesocycle, we have a testing week so that we're constantly assessing our progress and assessing where we should take the next program phase. And that's how we make uh, our program uh, individualized, personalized for everyone that comes through. Now, we don't start people off like that because people need to understand that the, the, the initial win, the first win that people are gonna get is just getting learning the movements and learning how to do it in perfect form and technique and learning the, the criteria that we use, which is the tempo has to be exact. It can't be a little bit. It has to be exact. You know, we have to learn that the uh, the movements have to be done a certain way. If there's break in that form, then that's a fail, you know. Yep. And so what we usually do at Unity Gym is get our new guys in the UMS to, to do it three times, not actually going Two for their times. max the third time we allow them to actually okay do the yeah, test, yeah 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 and look if you i mean this is a this is a big topic there's a lot involved and and we, we are out of time with this um but the i the the concept if you want to learn more of this jump into the ums online coaching and you'll you'll get the full tutorials for how to do this and um but the most important thing to understand the take-home message from today is don't try and do too much and, but understand that whatever skill, whatever masterclass you want to be working on, it should be a bolt-on to a program that is working on overcoming structural imbalances. Yeah, and I think Craig just <clears throat> brought a good point up about ego, um, making like getting in the way of making decisions around this. And I think it's just so key with this. It can be very tempting to get very like competitive with yourself. And um, I think you've just really got to take like the ego out of this. It's like it, even if you know, you know, if you did some dodgy reps, you could get to a, a much higher rep. Like just be totally objective with yourself. It's about you versus you. Like yeah. just. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I think that's a bi the biggest thing is, you know, there's a very big difference. And and I say this with um, with absolute respect to all of the, the um, professional and uh, lifters and people that compete out there. Training is very different to competition. Yeah. 
assessment is even more different. You know, it, it is a totally different mindset and it's not about, uh, you know, you use, use competition as your benchmark of how much you can maximally lift or load your body. Assessment is about um, uh, building the program and the program is about training your body. And we've, I've, I've seen some of the best uh, athletes in the world in powerlifting train. They've trained in our gym here and they measure their success by, they get really, really detailed on bar speed, you know, and, and the bar path and the alignment and things like that. Then trust me, they're not doing messy reps because when you lift those loads, a messy rep is enough to destroy something or, or injure something, you know, uh, some of the strongest guys I've ever seen are using, what are the machines called that you hook them, hook on to test bar speed? Yeah. Well, there's, well, there's force plates and then there's camera like yeah, there's a, there's a thing with a, a cable a string if anyone knows it comment i can't it's i'm having a brain fart here um you know i've seen these guys and they're testing bar speed on every rep and they're still lifting deadlifting 300 kilos but you know they look at whether there's a, a breakdown in bar speed over the set or over their uh, workout and things like that and that's how they moderate whether it's a, s a successful workout or not not if they puke and bleed out of the eyeballs and fail and almost die, you know, like that's mm -hmm. just not what it's like. And, and I think uh, it's a misunderstanding of training principles and concepts to be pushing yourself that much every day when you work out, you know. Mm -hmm. Clearly oh. something we like talking about. Yeah, yeah that's right. Let's wrap it up. We, we've got a big today. one tomorrow. So tomorrow we're going to be talking about um, the concept of being process focused rather than goal focused. And this is another big one. So well, make we're going sure to talk about it. how it all comes together. Yep. Yeah. If you ever wanted to really know how you put a good program together, tune in tomorrow. All right, guys. Have a good day. Have a good one. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept <laughs> what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that it's far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.